Sunday, everyone. Today we are here with the Fierce Five Educators. I'm Megan. I'm Kathy. I'm Alice. I'm Genesis. I'm Divya. Today we're going to be discussing our own experiences as they pertain to language and learning and and the film Stolen Education and the Code Switch podcast about Hawaiian language education. Um, so our main focus is based on our own school experiences. Um, how do us feel? School has, has forced us to lose our language or culture. Has perceptions of ELL changed how we perceive language or learning? Yeah, so for me, my first language was Spanish. Um, like my parents are both immigrants. My dad is from Mexico and my mom's from Honduras. And I just like grew up speaking Spanish until I entered preschool. Um, and yeah, like after preschool, like preschool I was able to speak Spanish, but then I like got into kindergarten where I had to learn English. And I was put into a classroom with a white teacher who did not know Spanish. So I was basically just like thrown in there and like all English speaking classroom um, and me like not having any like prior like English experience. Um, but I, I was like able to like grasp like the language quickly um, and I was like pulled out of class for like ESL and like just like being tested on like my language acquisition. Um, but eventually as I grew older, I like noticed myself like losing Spanish and that was like my first language and the language that I like spoke at home and I just remember like my parents were always very like admin about like oh at school you're gonna speak English but at home you have to speak Spanish because they knew that I don't know it was like common among like first generation um, students to like lose their language and then not be able to communicate with their parents their grandparents um, so I just remember like going home after like a long day of school speaking English and just having to like, you know, switch into Spanish and my parents, like they would get like very frustrated because I would like speak Spanglish or like whenever I forgot a word in Spanish, I would just replace it with English and they'd be like, oh no, like this is the word for it. And like, you can't, you can't do that. Um, but it was obviously like very hard for me just because like I was so used to speaking English at school. Um, and then at school, the teachers would like, <laughs> if I forgot a word in English, I would replace it with a word in Spanish. And then I would also get like reprimanded for that in school um, because they'd have to be like, you know, all English or all Spanish. So I couldn't like, you know, really switch between them um, with like ease. Yeah, I definitely feel that because when I was younger, I, my mom and grandmother stayed with me primarily, so they spoke to me in Chinese, um, which is why I think I can speak and understand Chinese pretty well. But since I w started school and I was prioritizing like learning English, like I can't read or write Chinese with nearly as much proficiency as like I probably should be able to. So I think that was an interesting thing where we're told to focus on English as young children, but then in like fifth grade, then they start making you learn another language and something that's like beneficial. So yeah, I feel like I really relate to what Genesis said about like um, losing like a first language or something that is like, like used within your family. Um, I can relate to you guys as well. 
because I had to um, go to India for a year to study the language and culture and um, I lived without my parents so it was a pretty like different experience but when I was in school I remember that they made sure that we um, did not speak our language which was Gujarati or Hindi and they made sure to have us speak English like at all times and there would be times where if you did not speak um, the language they would hit you with a ruler or um, do something else but um, I just think that like it's very like different how like we're trying because my parents sent me to a different country to learn the language but I was there like learning English it was just different I share a similar experience, but uh, mine is not as, like, uh, I don't actually lose my first language or kind of losing it, but I, I have experience in, um, went to a school that the teacher forces, or maybe um, not as, not, I will not use the word force, but, like, asking us to speak English instead of our own first language. Uh, mine is Chinese and uh, there's also students in our school that are Korean students and then all of us were in an international school prepared to go to US University so that the teacher um, set up a policy called English policy where we need to speak English at school um, and whenever a teacher found us saying other languages they would give us a stamp and then for the first time, for the first stamp, it was, it was just warning. But for the second stamp, um, you need to go to the dean's office. And the third stamp, you you will have a launch detention where you cannot go to launch until very late. And then for the first time, your parents will be called to come to school, and that's really that really scared us. So we started to um, decrease our use of our own first language. And because of that, I went, I, sometimes when I went back home, um, I sometimes couldn't think of a word in Chinese that could express my feelings. And then I would just say, sometimes add some English words in my Chinese sentence. And that's really awkward, but um, I feel like I'm kind of started to lose my first language. Yeah, your story reminded me a lot of the podcast we listened to when they interviewed um, the Hawaiian girl. And, like, I realized in her interview there's a few times she mixed up um, English and Hawaiian language as she was speaking. And this made me wonder, like, um, do you guys think if these students find it difficult to succeed in schools or careers outside of Hawaii? Um, yeah, well, personally, I think that um, I mean, even though they, like, she was switching, like, between, like, English and Hawaiian, I feel like she still has, like, you know, grasp of both languages, so personally, I don't think that it'll be hard for her to, like, find a job or, like, you know, like, um, outside of Hawaii, just, like, you know, have a career or something, because she does know English, it's just, like, I don't know, like, with my own experience, like, I'm fluent in English and fluent in Spanish, um, but it's just like once in a while there are like words that like I forget, but it doesn't mean that I won't be able to like succeed in like a profession where I have to speak English or a profession where I have to speak Spanish. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think we could just switch off and then um, 
for like when we when there's a job or there's a career that need us to speak English, we could just use English, and then uh, if there's a job that need need me to like speak Chinese, I might like I I could I guess I could also like speak Chinese, but sometimes it's just that I might add some English word into it, but I don't think that's a really big deal. It just makes me feel kind of ashamed and upset that I was started to lose my like my 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 ability to um to express myself using like fully like Chinese. Yeah. Yeah, I think Definitely the ability to both think and speak in two different languages, even simultaneously, like it should be seen as like an asset and not as like, um, like a bad thing. Because I think honestly, as like everyone, everything is more connected. Everyone is more connected. Like it would be more beneficial and like if you were able to communicate with more people, especially those who live internationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, personally for me, like I know that I wanna go to like I want to work at a CPS school on the southwest side of Chicago and like that is like a majority like Latinx community and a lot of my like future students are going to be from like have the same background as I do and I want to be able to like you know relate to them by speaking Spanglish and like I just like I don't want them to like feel forced to lose their first language like I did um so I feel like it's like I agree like it is an asset and like now I'm able like I know that I'll be able to talk to parents who only know English and I'll be able to talk to parents who only know Spanish so like I feel like that is like you know that is very cool like so you're saying that you want to teach your Spanish students and then uh, teach them to speak English uh, instead of like forcing them to speak English right? mm-hmm. yeah I w- that's like I also have this kind of dream that I want to like after I graduated from university or maybe after I got a maybe uh, maybe I'm maybe I got a graduate uh, degree or like PhD maybe uh, I would go back to my country and go to like maybe even the same international school that I went to and then I could because I, I was majoring in early childhood education so I was trying to um, maybe not forcing them to like just tell them you must not like speak Chinese instead I would I would Maybe I would even like use Chinese to talk to them maybe after class, but like in class I would like encourage them to speak English instead of forcing them. And I think that's really cool. And I would like to see my students like later to learn both English and Chinese instead of losing either of them. Um, backing off as to what you guys said, I think this was like a really good film for like educators and future teachers to like um, gain knowledge about like the history of classrooms and how they operated and what has changed since. I think it's really important as teachers to have integrated classrooms to reduce disparities and access to well-painted facilities and um, diverse classrooms prepare students to succeed in a global economy. Yeah, I think um, what you said about like having a teacher that like represents you in a way is really important because when you are um, a student especially a bilingual one or one of color like it's really and your teachers can't relate to you on that like point it makes it harder to learn it's a little bit discouraging so I think like that kind of representation is really important yeah as an educator I think it's important to 
it's an environment that is welcoming all students um, in the classroom. And with that being said, like I think teachers should allow students to speak Spanish or other languages. I know in the movie, like they said, even the kids would be hit if they were just playing outside and speaking Spanish to each other. Um, and they need to, uh, educators need to make students feel like they shouldn't be ashamed to express their culture in the classroom. Yeah, I think Megan, you bring up a really good point. Like, teachers have to keep in mind that their actions, especially from a young age, have a really long-lasting impact on kids. Like, I remember in the movie, they were um, talking about their experiences, and it would still make them cry, like, even when they were a lot older. So I think that's really important to remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like, um, I don't know, like, in a, like, a lot of classes, we discuss, like, generational trauma. And like there is definitely a lot of generational trauma as it relates to language. Um, I have a friend who, like, she is like a, she's Latina, but um, like a lot of like other like Latinx students like kind of um, don't see her as like a Latina woman because she's white passing and also because she doesn't know Spanish. But um, like upon like speaking to her, like I, um, I learned that like her mom. Um, was hit for like speaking Spanish in the classroom and she was like um, yeah like there's like just a lot of like language oppression or like oppression in general and like parents or like grandparents or like people who like first came to the US and like had to face like all that like hatred and like xenophobia um, they like learn to like lose their language in order to um, you know like not deal with like crimes or like people or like getting punished for using their language so the only reason that her mom didn't teach her Spanish was because she didn't want her to go through that same thing now that we shared and talked about our own personal experiences and thoughts I don't know about you fierce ladies but <laughs> There was a lot that surprised me about this film. Um, something that personally surprised me while watching the film was that um, how I saw that schools were segregated like based on like the basis of language. Um, in the film, they segregated Spanish speakers because they had no linguistic ability. I think it's like very upsetting to see how schools went to the extent of segregating children based on the on their language spoken at home. I just feel like it has like nothing to do with school and why they should like segregate kids like based on their language. Yeah, um, something I didn't consider until I like watched the film was that a lot of the kids who testified were super young. Like they talked about how they like don't really remember like a lot of stuff and and they couldn't really fully understand what they were like doing legally. But like even despite that, they did fully understand like the hurt that they felt every day like going to school so yeah I just can't even imagine like having to go up on the stand like as a seven-year-old and like face like a bunch of people like I feel like that would have been a really terrifying experience personally. Yeah one thing I that just really shocked me was that ever, after watching all that I obviously felt like this was so wrong of the school and I couldn't believe um, that happened but um, they like interviewed one of the ISD like board trustees um, and she said that she thinks that um, the Latinx students would have had a more difficult time 
if they were to just move up to second grade after one year, and I just completely she actually believed or like tried to justify their actions that that was actually right. So you were saying the school, um, uh, the school you met one of the like fellow interviews and were meeting, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And okay, so yeah, I agree with you. That's really a bad way to justify. And then <laughs> I don't think I don't think th this can be justified in any ways. Actually, I think this is. Yeah. Just a wrong behavior, wrong wrongdoing, and then I think the, the thing that she could do, like for now, the best is to admit what had happened, mm -hmm. and then and then she says she's sorry, and then she thinks that that's a really horrible um, experience for them or something, but then she says but, and then mm -hmm. keep on justifying whatever happened. So I think there's still a lot of like people, some people like they had this thought in this in their brain or in their head that what they're doing is right and then they keep they would just like keep on going because I think like I think I, I forgot like what who who in the film said that but then I, I think one of the I think it's a white man said that like their parents and were grew up and then told that um, they need to like the Mexican or not the English mm -hmm. that I don't know if you guys remember but I think it's it's kind of like brainwashing. It's not like I was not I was not justifying for them, but I was mm -hmm. just saying that what they what they think uh, is wrong. But then uh, the reason why they think this way is because they were brainwashed by yeah. the like the former generation. And because of that, I feel like a lot of them like they don't even they said like they don't even talk about it all. And like mm -hmm. I feel like there's so many people in the film that were just kind of like yeah. I mean I know a little bit about it, but I'm like I feel like. That was something that seemed like a big deal that I feel like everyone should like know and be aware about. Yeah, and like I don't know, speaking about that and like, um, you know, like these things were like obviously an issue and obviously not right, but I just like thought it was like insane how many like loopholes they found in order to like, you know, like create that system. Um, they were like creating like hierarchies based on like racial identity, not academics. And also, it's like um, policymakers would like literally like sign like segregated policies in the name of like cultural deficiencies mm -hmm. and like separation due to like IQ testing or like due to race was wrong. But then they would come up with like you know like the idea of like cultural deficiency or like all these other things. And it's just like you know insane that like people like got away with it like how we were talking about and just like. I don't know, like, the whole idea around, like, this stuff, like, still happening now, um, where, like, there are, like, a lot of policies that are just, like, loopholes um, to, like, stuff that's, like, morally wrong. Yeah. They talked about how they, like, just looked at their last names, and if they sounded Spanish to them, they would immediately, like, segregate them, like, without any verification or testing, or I found that, like, very superficial, very yeah. bad. Um, one thing that surprised me about uh, like uh, about this movie is actually and uh, about this film, sorry, uh, is that actually I don't know. Like I thought, I thought there there I know that there was segregation like for black people and for Indian people, but I actually I I didn't I didn't learn much about like the segregation of Mexicans before I watched this movie because like in the in the American history like the slave trade or those things are like. Um, mentioned over and over again. I was not saying like 
because it is a really big deal. But then uh, there's also Mexican students or other color students, maybe like Asians, who are also under this kind of segregation. So I was really, um, I was really uh, shocked actually uh, when I watched this film, and I know what like what what are the things that the Mexican students has went through uh, in the 1940s and 50s, I guess, like in the movie. And then, yeah, and one one other thing that really shocks me is that uh, I thought the segregation and discrimination for colored people would just happen in the 19th century, and mm -hmm. I don't know, like it still happens in, um, in 1940s and 50s, and then it's still very, uh, and it's still like people still trying to segregate them and then using like trying to spank them and then uh, punish them for speaking other languages because I thought that that would only happen because I thought that happened in 19th century and then for those Indian uh, Indian residents yeah that was actually sad for me that either I wasn't paying attention in social studies class or like I swear I've never heard about like any of that so I just can't believe like that hasn't been talked about mm -hmm. yeah I agree like especially like I am like you know like Hispanic and I had no idea that this happened and I had no idea that like I knew that there was segregation between like like black and white students but I did not know that it affected my community too and I just think it's like insane and goes to show like um like what the U.S. holds itself accountable for and what it doesn't. So backing off as like what you guys said, there's something that also stood out to me in the podcast, which was the language of Hawaii. And um, when I think of Hawaii, I personally think of like a tourist country. And um, I just was really surprised that their language was dying down. And after listening to the podcast, podcast I was able to learn like the importance of language and how devastating it could be for Hawaiians to have their language die and if for the say like if the Hawaiian language dies down then the future generation lose a vital part of their culture and who they are as people and I believe this makes it necessary for the language to be like preserved all right fierce five just to wrap things up how has this discussion made you think about things you want to implement in your um, classroom as an educator? I think one of my main takeaways is that, like, it's obviously very good to learn about historical events, but um, you have to remember that a lot of the issues they talk about are still relevant today. And, like, because it happened in the past doesn't mean it's over. Yeah, what I think, what I learned from, from this film and is that uh, firstly the thing that I that I get is that uh, what I mentioned before I think in a formal conversation when I say that I would like to go back to my country and then be in be a teacher in an international school I said that I would not treat the students the way the the teachers in the film do like like ignore them whatever they like to say I would try to encourage them to speak English, of course, but then I would also, like, if they can control themselves or if they have to express themselves using their first language, I would also encourage that because I think that is a, that is the right of a person to do that. So I think I would not, like, just ignore what 
ignore their rights. So, yeah. yeah, I feel like, yeah, I also like touched on this earlier, but just like as an educator, I want my classroom to be a welcoming space for like children of like all backgrounds. And if, um, like I said, like the only way that they can like express themselves in the moment is by speaking their first language and not like the English that is spoken in the classroom, like that is like 100% okay. And I just like want my students to not feel like they have to lose parts of their identity or their culture in order to assimilate to um, what is like, I don't know, like cult, like American culture, even though we don't have like a specific one. Thank you for listening. Fear five out. out.